This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Harry's. For guys who want a great shave experience for a fraction of what you're paying now, go to harrys.com. And now Harry's is offering a free trial set. Just pay shipping by using code PCPER at checkout. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 422 being recorded on October 26, 2016. I'm Ryan Trout. I'm Jeremy Hallstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malentano. John, it sounds like Josh's microphone was very crisp and clear today. Yeah. Josh, could you say something else for me again? No. <laughs> still very good. Still, okay. still very impressive. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. So I, we do apologize for not having a podcast last week. Apparently... Uh, guys here were afraid of rain and lightning yep. and storms and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they decided they didn't want to come in. It was pretty bad. I don't, all I'm saying is no houses got blown away. I put huh? like every blanket in our house on top of our cars. Or don't you have like they a three-car garage? <laughs> it's full of crap right now. It's more like a five-car garage and it's all full. That's that's unfortunate. Yeah. That's that's very sad. Uh, mm-hmm. A quick checkup uh, on the World Series. The Cubs are up five to one in the middle of the seventh here in Game Two. And boy, am Yay. I glad I work with a lot of people out of Chicago. I'm, that's probably they're, they're very calm and controlled about this. I probably just broke MLB rules, didn't I? I don't think there's any as uh, football because they need all the help they can get. Nah, not in the World Series. That's like no. the only time anybody watches baseball, <laughs> as far as I can tell. No, whatever. Um, so I do apologize for not having one last week. I was out of town as well uh, in Hong Kong. So things, whatever, whatever. We're here now. Everybody is here now. The, the group is all back together. Uh, and so we're going to talk about some stuff, some hardware and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, we do record the show on Wednesday nights, most Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific uh, at pcper.com slash live. You can go there and just hang out in the chat room and chat with us beforehand and afterwards and give us uh, and make fun of us during the show and that type of stuff. It's always interesting. If you need a gentle reminder for that, you can subscribe uh, to a mailing list, a notifications list, whatever you want to call it. It does use good old-fashioned email for this. Uh, but if you go to pcper.com slash subscribe, you get this page here uh, that asks for your name and your email address, and we'll give you a, you know, you'll get a, you'll get a friendly note from me or Ken or somebody about an hour and a half before, an hour before, five minutes before, somewhere in that range. Uh, that says, hey, we're going to do a live stream. Make sure you come out and hang out and join with us. So if you want to do that, that would be appreciated. Uh, and, uh, yeah, there's that. And then, of course, we have our Patreon pa- Patreon campaign continuing to run, patreon.com slash pcper. Uh, this is your way to contribute to us if you think the content we create is interesting, if you think um, – if, it's, if you think it's not interesting and you want to give us an incentive to do more interesting stuff, I guess that's another way to look at this as well. Um, uh, but there's a story here about why we're doing this and, and, and what the benefits are. And there's a picture of Josh in a bathtub. And as always is the case, if you uh, become a new contributor while watching the live stream and or increase your contribution while watching the live stream, uh, I get to read off uh, whatever name you have here, whatever name you put in. Uh, will be read out loud. So we've had some funny ones. We've had some disturbing ones. Uh, and I guess I expected no less or no better. Your system's still rebooting you there? Your machine's still what? rebooting? It's almost there. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jeremy, you had a real quick reminder. This is the last one we'll have before the actual event. We have one of our world-famous virtual LAN parties this weekend, right? 
It is. It's this Saturday. And uh, there's like last time I checked, there were 55 people signed up. So it's going to be a wee bit crazy. I'm already warming up my dead frog glass. <laughs> I always do. And wishing that this damn thing would heal because right now when I play a first person shooter, the outside of my hand goes completely numb and I get even worse than normal. Mm. But we'll see. So you guys have shuffled together a couple of prizes, which are super secret, and you won't find out unless you sign up and come and play. And AMD has also tossed in a few prizes. So we do know a couple of the giveaways that are going to happen, which adds even more fun to just an extremely long session of gaming on any of the games that you love to play that are multiplayer. That The gang will pretty much have a couple of people that want to play with you, but you can bet Battlefield 1 is going to be there, Battlefield 4... Uh, Rocket League, uh, there, there will be a lot. So check it out. Uh, the link on the front page has to the forums where you let uh, Lenny know you're going to show up. Tells you well, a rough idea of what you should be looking for to prepare, like the TeamSpeak speaker, so you can be yelling and screaming at your fellow frogs as you're killing them. So come on, it's, show up. 10 a.m. Eastern, Saturday morning. It's it's a lot of fun. It will go the entire day. So if you can't be there at 10 a.m., don't worry about that. If you've got things going in the morning or the afternoon, you can't get there till the night. Uh, there will be plenty of people still hanging out. So uh, definitely worth uh, going out there. And uh, I, I say going out there, but it really is going into your home and getting on a computer, hence the term virtual LAN party. And like you said, 50-something people signed up so far. We've got... We got a decent amount of prizes uh, that Lenny's in charge of giving out. So, um, if if you need another reason to come have some fun with the with all that gaming PC goodness that you've put together, there's there's one for you. All right, let's jump into our uh, reviews for the week. Uh, we're gonna start with Josh, me, which is, which is always my the best thing you can do on one of these podcasts is really get Josh motivated. Set the pace. Yes, pace. yeah, yeah, yeah. Set the tone. Get the pace going. Uh, Josh is going to talk to us about uh, the Fanatec Club Sport V2 ecosystem, which sounds fancy. So, it's a marathon, not a sprint, <laughs> and we're going to treat it as such. Did you say thutch? Thutch. Double thutch. <laughs> anyway, no, I, I think it's actually pronounced fanatic. Oh, okay. Maybe. I don't know. But they're German, so you don't know. It could be Fanatec. I like Fanatec. Yeah, it kind of sounds better, but I'll... Yeah. Um, if only yeah, you could have asked I like Fana White Josh. better. If they only had more umlauts, it's, then... I will, I will, I will uh, freely admit to falling into the same problem. Like, a word that you've typed a thousand times from one of these tech Ooh. companies, and suddenly you're being asked about it, or you talk about it in an audio format, and you're like, I... I had to email Arika. I think it's Intel, or maybe <laughs> Intel. Intel. You know, it's, it's Intel? It's all where the emphasis is. I, I emailed Arika and they replied back to me with like the Wikipedia page pointing to the Arika tree. <laughs> just like, okay. it's based on that. I mean, it's it, the same name. Otherwise, you could say like Erica. Well, uh, you could. Right? It's you pointing know? to the Arika tree. Erika. How do you pronounce that? Well, because the pronunciation's in there in like the Wikipedia <laughs> yeah, page. Yeah. Yeah. Asus, like Dr. Seuss. They have a worse problem. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. back to Fanatec. <laughs> Fanatec. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, this, uh, this is a group that has a pretty good reputation because they make really high-end stuff now this entire table is like 175 bucks what about the the stuff on top of it is like 2000 (laughs) all right and so you've got a lot of money just sitting there Uh, all their stuff is is metal there's very little plastic on anything 
uh, it's something like eight newton meters of force that the motor gives. It is a, uh, a dual belt drive pulley system. Dual belt and, drive. Yeah, it's either single or dual yeah, belt. It's two motors. Know, but yeah, it, well, it's one big motor. Or, oh, yeah, the Fanatec is like just two motors in parallel, or two belts in parallel, like right next to each other. Sorry. Hmm. Yeah. Logitech yeah. has so, two motors and they do weird stuff. Yes. Yeah, but uh, the base itself is, I think, 1200 bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. up there. It's Ooh. it's a good chunk of change. Yeah. All right. Uh, the um, Ooh, the mounting. pedals are uh, well. We can just go through some of these things. Uh, the mounting mechanism I found kind of interesting. Okay. Uh, you can scroll down on that. It's it's that weighs about ten pounds just by itself. Really? They're solid, solid, wow. big screws and platforms. I didn't like the. Uh, you can kind of see that it's got a platform that you can you know unscrew that nut and adjust the the angle of it. Oh, right. I take that right here. out because it just even you know in, in in violent maneuvers I could I could feel too much give, so I just had it flat on that. I was able to take that off. I was able to take the little cord. You see that dual cord thing off? Yep. That annoyed me. So you can you know really modulize this yourself. You hmm. you can adjust and 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 move things around, and, and you're not stuck in in any one thing. Uh, the fit and finish of all this stuff is fantastic. Um, the only Problem that I've really had. Well, I mean, there's a couple, but is is a lot of people contacted me about these parts and said they're just all crap. I mean, they look nice, they cost a lot, right? But they're just all crap. And I've had this problem and this problem and this problem, and like five guys emailed me and and uh, made comments, and and so I I kind of pulled a Josh in that. I tried to keep this for absolutely as long as possible, and that's my excuse, <laughs> to see if I could really hammer on it and if anything happened. And I had this for three months. I was supposed to have it for one. Julian from uh, Fanatic was fantastic to work with. And I use these on a daily basis, doing Dirt Dailies, um, the PC Perspective uh, League play in, in Dirt mm-hmm. Rally. And I never had a single problem. Uh, everything worked fantastic. The... Wheel strength was amazing. Um, when you hit a fence or a huge rut or something, you felt it. The wheel jerked out of your hand. Uh, your entire desk just started, you know, vibrating, and, and your monitors start shifting around. Um, I mean, it's it's a significant amount of force that this wheel puts out, and it uh, it came with. A leather wrap steering wheel that's had uh, you know white stitching all around. Said Forza Motorsport on the bottom. Uh, real leather, uh, really solid, heavy. You could actually take this and put it in a car, a real car. I mean, you can't do that with uh, the Thrustmaster Alcantara because right. it's got that plastic rim and it's kind of their qu- version of, of Quick Connect. You couldn't do that. You you could take this damn thing and put it in your regular car. Uh, I mean, mm. if you've got you know the six bolt hole. Um, Alan, do you have that? I wouldn't doubt if Alan has no, that. I can get but, an adapter, uh, but I don't have that. Yeah, yeah, but you you could you could put it in your car. You don't care. It, it came with the Xbox One Universal Hub, which attaches uh, to the base, and the wheel then attaches to the hub. You hmm. get all the functionality of the uh, the buttons, uh, all that stuff, and you can see. I mean, this this base is is pretty big. 
And the only plastic part on it is the back, and there's a little plastic window on the top. Otherwise, it is all just machined aluminum. Hmm. And, I mean, that thing weighs 20 pounds just by itself. I mean, it's it's significant. There's the, the hub. Um, this has all your functionality of your buttons, your shifters. Um, it's got the little LED on, LED on the top that tells you what gear you're in. Uh, everything is super adjustable. So if you get different kind of wheels and you put on there, you could do aftermarket Momo wheels, whoever. They're going to fit that, that six-screw hmm. pattern. And then you can adjust all of the button uh, uh, knobs uh, for um, – you know, have you can swing them out, you can swing them around. It doesn't matter. It's highly adjustable. Uh, the only issue I kind of had is that's kind of a heavy piece, and so when you combine this piece with the steering wheel, that is again a, a good chunk of mass that you've got to move around. And so I found that, uh, and you can keep a look at that picture, Ken. This one, because I'm, I'm going to go in something here in a second. Okay. But I found that the amount of weight and mass that the motor has to act against, I lost some of the finer details in uh, certain races and and certain feelings of you know when tires start to slip or other you know minor bumps and stuff like that. It, those get dampened just because you've got so much weight in the wheel and the hub, and it's really super solid. But at the same time, you've got to apply forces to all that mass to get it to move effectively. And so that's kind of a downer. They're, they have other wheels that do not require this hub and that are significantly lighter. Now, the one thing you really notice here mm-hmm. is that locking mechanism. That's essentially a, a quick-release mechanism that you will find on race cars. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all machined aluminum. It's got heavy-duty springs. It's got, I think, five or six uh, ball bearings in there that interface with uh, the uh, the male portion of the socket. And, I mean, once you get that thing snapped in, it doesn't move. Right. It just – there's no slip, nothing. The uh, Thrustmaster wheels, they have a locking ring that is made of plastic. you got to screw that on. It takes about 30 seconds, and then you got to tighten up a bolt. And hope that over time that doesn't start slipping, or when it does, you have a really interesting experience on your hands. You're not going to have this problem at all with the Fanatic stuff. I mean, it's absolutely rock solid. Probably my favorite portion of this are the Club Sport wheels. Uh, It's a V3 version. Again, machined aluminum. It's super heavy. Um. You put that on carpet, it doesn't move very much unless you really start hammering on the brake. Now, the brake itself is – it can handle something like 90 pounds of force. It's got a load cell in there that's right for I think 90 kilograms – 90 pounds, 90 kilograms, one of those two. But it's a significant amount. And so when you jam on the brake, uh, you can go into the control panel and see how much force is required to get to a certain percentage. And um, the human body – can, I guess, you know, get a better impression of of how far to push something when you have force against it versus just position. So you've got an accelerator that has no um, pushback on it, but you've got a brake that has an increasing amount 
of pushback when you're pressing and you can better control um, braking and, and knowing where you're probably going to start locking up the brakes in, in certain scenarios than if you had a, a less, I, I guess, you know, something that was more easy flowing, like, you know, some of the lower end Thrustmaster uh, pedals. I don't know how. Yeah, regular ones Logitech's just have a spring. Ones. Like, what's that? Regular ones will just have a spring in the brake, but mm-hmm. you want something that actually has, like, increasing back pressure as if it was, like, like a, you were a piston driving. Like a hydraulic piston. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and so. Uh, you've got that. You can actually further adjust it to make it stronger or weaker. Um, the clutch has a distinct uh, uh, break point where you push it, push it, push it, and then it breaks past, and you know that's when you've engaged the clutch. Um, these things are just fantastic. I mean, you set them on the floor, and they're just really solid. I put a couple of boards in between them and the wall. I mean, it just never moved. Um, it, in, in the uh, article, I uh, linked to a video of a 24-hour Le Mans driver who's driving one of these, you know, uh, I think it was one of the, either the Mercedes-Benz or the Audi uh, hybrid uh, electric motor that, you know, and and uh, petrol um, that were just, you know, blowing the Ford GTs away in terms of speed, cornering, handling. And he brought out his, his Fanatec V3 uh, pedals and did an A-B comparison with what he's actually driving in this race car and what he did with uh, with the Fanatec setup, and I mean they're amazingly similar in terms of spacing, the forces required, um, all that stuff. It was really kind of interesting. If if you're interested in all of this, I would watch that video. Uh, they also have a damper system that you can add to the accelerator and the brake to further increase the realism uh, and and adjust those to how you feel. Either your 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 car or, or your weekend race car or whatever does, yeah. and uh, be able to have a consistent feel uh, both in racing games and, and in real life. Um, it came with a sequential shifter. And there's also H, um, H-gate as well, and you could swap back and forth between them. Uh, the thing was, again, massive. It's all, it's all aluminum. It's all machined. Um, it came with two different knobs on there, a sequential shifter and a regular H. Uh, you just hook that in and everything just works. And I thought that was kind of fun. It's got a mounting system much like the uh, the actual base itself. And so I've got that sitting on my desk and I'm, I'm hammering it in sequential in uh, some of these rallycross races. And I mean, it's just my desk is going insane because it's just banging around <laughs> in between force feedback. And uh, me hammering uh, sequential um, shifts on on uh, pretty aggressive courses, and it's just a fun, fun setup to have. And if I were to do this, I would probably get a dedicated racing seat and yeah. kind of a framework where you could mount everything more effectively and be able to adjust where everything is. Because with that sequential shifter, I was like shifting up here because it's so damn high uh, from my desk. But and, it was like uh, a Harley hybrid. What? <laughs> it was a Harley hybrid with the ape hangers. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, if you actually do any watch any rallycross, those guys actually do have the sequential shifters up high. And, and then right next to it, you've got your, your e-brake. But that's, you know, neither here nor there. If you're doing H-pattern, 
it's going to be a pain in the butt to do that. I mean, you can do it easily with sequential, but H pattern is, is yeah. But even shifting an H, it was uh, really smooth. You knew exactly what gear you were in because of uh, when they have depressed points, how it springs um, to center. So it's a seven uh, gear plus reverse H pattern. And uh, again, it was really easy to get used to and really smooth. And so all of these pieces came together to make a really fun, fantastic set of um, of products that uh, you really wish you could have and race with all the time. Can show this picture. This got, is this uh, we hadn't seen this picture before. Sorry, Josh. Where it shows okay. like <clears throat> the combined installation of all these yeah. pieces, right? So yeah, you get a better idea of what the what he was referring to in like the six point attachment system and, and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that little LED thing, you can pop it either up and down. And, uh, yeah, that, that I just had to do the uh, what gear I was in, whatever. Um, two annoyances. Yeah, and that's what it looks like with the F1 wheel attached. Right. And they have uh, another attachment that you can put to the actual base itself um, in, in case you wanted static paddle shifters because most paddle shifters are mounted on the wheel so when you turn the wheel the paddle shifters are moving with the wheel but if you're doing hand over hand and 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 you need to downshift then you got to remember where in the hell on that wheel is is the down and you hit something you think it is because it's the heat of the moment you really need to downshift and and you actually hit upshift and and your entire race is ruined uh if you find you have that problem you can do static paddles on there so right Left side, right side is always going to be either up or down. <clears throat> um, the main issue that I had was when I first got it, I would start it up and the fan was incredibly loud. I mean, it just spooled up 100% and stayed that way. And when you're racing, you didn't really notice it because you've got car sounds around you and you've got the road and wind and it didn't bother you. But once you were out of there, you noticed instantly that... Yeah. The fan noise was was there. Well, apparently they they had a uh, uh, batch of them go out with a firmware uh, bug. Mm. I mean, this never happens to any hardware with fans. <laughs> um, it was a firmware bug, and it put the fans to 100%. I contacted them. They sent me, and, and they pointed onto their forums um, the beta um, firmware to fix this. Once I put it on... The fan speed went down. I never really ever heard it again. Uh, the only mm. other annoyance I had with it is when you turn it on, it automatically, no matter what, goes to Xbox mode. So you've got to press two buttons to turn it to PC mode, and then it finally starts to work mm. with the PC. It's 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 a minor thing. It would be nice if it could remember what kind of mode it left in, but I guess in terms of, of programming and firmware... That's just the the way that they're uh, they're targeting it. Uh, don't buy this if you have a PS4. It's not going to work. I guess that they've got some interesting licensing issues with uh, Sony going on right now. Uh, right. Some of their previous stuff may support PS3, PS4, but this particular combination does not. So it's a 900 degree uh, uh, rotation as compared to some of the other models that have 1080 degrees. So it's a little less than others, but I never found that to be a problem with the products and the uh, and the games that I was playing. Um, overall, I really can't say enough about 
this product. I mean, the fit and finish, uh, the support that I got, the support on their website. I mean, if you buy products from them, they ask you quite strenuously to join up there and, and list your problems, anything. People get back to you fairly quickly. Uh, I imagine there are people in the world that have had bad experiences, but that's that's sure. any piece of hardware. Um, but in, in the time that I had with it, it just worked. Other than the fan issue, which got fixed, uh, it, was, it was a flawless right. set of, of hardware. It was great stuff, but you're going to pay for it. That, that entire thing that I showed you with all the mounts, the yep. sequential shifter, pedals, bass, hub, wheel, 2000 bucks. Oh, good lord. Yeah. But could you mount it into a gutted out Scirocco? You probably could. Yeah. I've bought Scirocco's for cheaper than what if two you grand. Cut, what yeah. if you cut well, the Scirocco true. in half yeah. and really just use it as like a simulated cockpit? Just the cockpit? And just, yeah. you know. Then that would be perfect. You and put my LCD screens. Funny you should say that. Some, somewhere I have a picture of a Scirocco that I first cut just behind the back of the front doors and made a trailer out of the back piece. And then I had to get rid of the front. And I, all I had was like a van, like a cargo van. So I sawzalled it down the center. Should've so I actually it. had a driver's side of a car <laughs> <laughs> just sitting there. Like he could have just mounted this stuff in there and like racing him away. But you could have had your dedicated desk, Josh. Yeah. Uh, so that's, right. that's the Fanatec or Fanatic Club Sport V2 uh, review. Check that out on the website. Let's get on to other stuff. Uh, Samsung 960 Pro. Two terabyte review. We've talked about this. We talked about this really a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? I was in when Korea the, when the news items were coming yeah. out. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now we actually have kind of a performance metric. Yeah, now we actually yeah. tested it. So when it came out in and they did the announcement in Korea, specs were very impressive. Right, three and a half gig per second reads, nah. just, just over two gig per second writes. Yeah. Um, a new sandwich of a copper layer built into the label. Right, we made fun of that for a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, to help spread heat. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, that in combination with some firmware changes so that it doesn't back off as aggressively as it did when it does get, like, thermally hot. Yeah. Limited. Um, say again? Thermally limited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, just all around impressive specs, like 440,000 random read IOPS, 360,000 random write IOPS, um, you know, just fast, right? It's a fast freaking drive. Um, that was at least on paper, right? So then we got a sample in. And uh, it, it, one thing before we get to the actual results, uh, it's interesting to note that those sequentials, the 3.5 gig per second and the 2.1 gig per second reads right. and writes... That rating is blanket across all capacities, all the way down to a half a terabyte. So 512 gig SSD, it's still going that fast, even though it has one quarter the number of dies in it. So what's limiting it, period? Like, why doesn't it go faster than that on the higher ones? Is it... It's the controller. Okay. It's the controller, and in the case of the read speed, it's the bus. And in our new testing suite, like, we actually show sequential throughput... Nearly 3.5 gigabytes per second. Uh, where right. are you? Oh, you're on the, uh, I'm on the focus on the drive. I'm on the page where it's looking at those performance numbers. And almost 2 gigabytes per second on the writes, right? Like that's so yep. it's not just 
Like, it's actually hitting. And again, we're only testing one capacity, the two terabyte. But we would assume, you know, that they're it, not going to lie should about be, that shit. Yeah, it, it should be, be similar. Hit there. And then as far as the random performance, the place where you do get a drop-off is when it, when you get down to the half a terabyte model. Yeah. So the one terabyte, two terabyte models have the same specs, you know, same max specs. Um, but then you end up losing, like, 100,000 IOPS or something as a maximum on the uh, out of 400,000 or something, mm. you know, crazy high IOPS. But... Tisk. Uh, something that actually plays into our new testing rather well, if you go to the uh, client Q-depth weighted page. Client Q-depth weighted page, yes. So, here what, I am. what that testing there is... This right here. Uh, yes. So, there's your sequential and your random. Specifically, the random is the more <clears throat> important thing for the, for the specs that Samsung also kind of hammers on. They... they uh, not many companies do this. They put a Q depth one performance on their specs as well. Why is that important? Uh, because that's where people tend to run most of the that's time. That's where the general you're... consumer is at almost all of the time in yeah. their workload. Yeah. Okay. And so their rating is like 17,000. Now realize this drive is rated like 440,000. Right. 17,000 is not a large number compared to 440,000. But the thing is, it's that's where you're actually operating. The, most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless well, you're stressing the drive type of thing. Well, not only that, but like the it's Q depth one twenty eight is what the max figure is based on, and I don't know any computer that can easily get. I mean, you know, even yeah. when I was working on our new test suite, we were running into problems trying to get the new test to run at Q depths that high on a drive that fast. Okay, because you just couldn't throw the IOs at the drive quickly enough to get to that much being in the queue. Yeah, it's just like. You know, the thing's doing a half a million IOPS almost, and you're trying to give it, you know, 256 and 128 commands simultaneously while it's servicing them right. extremely fast, right? Anyway, uh, so long story short there on the client QDepth weighted stuff is we ran a bunch of traces on actually doing stuff on computers, recorded traces, right. analyzed them, figured out, okay, well, guess what? Most of the time, even if you run 20 apps in parallel, you barely break QDepth 2. So we did, we did this new weighting system where we take all the results for all of the various QDEPs from the drives, and then we weigh them down to where you would typically be operating, and then come up with just a couple of numbers mm-hmm. for a given SSD. So the 960 Pro here is, we're rating it at 83, almost 84,000 IOPS right. Yep. In a weighted thing and what, what, I, what i want to point out here is like <clears throat> this is not going against any particular spec that samsung puts on their device right like they don't have an equivalent that we're trying to match no 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 necessarily this is us saying typical user workflow typical words user workload like yep. we want to compare the drives in that capacity yeah if you want to see compared to any particular spec that a company puts on their product yeah. that's just the performance focus page which i just give you all of the qdep so if they give you a rating for qdep 2 or qdep whatever mm-hmm. you can just find it on the plot mm-hmm. right this one is and granted we only had the the new test i had to make tweaks to it so we had to restart testing all drives for like the fourth time in a row for while i was developing this thing so there's only four drives there mm-hmm. but the reason that the, the point of this is to eventually have just like dozens of drives on that chart and be able to just sort by, you know, read throughput or right. something like that. So the goal there was to distill the results down to just the fewest numbers possible per drive 
something that's just you can just digest easily. Just give me a dang that's, number. That's what people right? people have been asking for. This type of stuff is right. Yeah. Give, give me a metric, and it's really hard to do. It's really hard to do. It is from a technical standpoint, and then even from just like a logical standpoint. How do you call all this data that you generate down into into one number? Yeah, and yeah. and what what I boiled it down to was, and why there's two charts here instead of just one is I couldn't make it all the way down to just one chart. It's like yeah. you're, you're copying a bunch of files to the thing that tends to be its own animal compared to doing just about anything else on your system. Right. Right. If you're doing stuff that's you know any kind of random access, that tends to be the 4K random thing, and it's it, you know it's. Windows might do IOs that are larger than 4K, but they're not that much larger. The bulk of it tends to be 4K. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, those charts will grow in future reviews, and there'll be much more results there. Mm-hmm. Um, it is interesting to note how the writes are so much higher than the reads on that chart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's something people are not used to seeing. I am not. Because usually everybody sees maximum ratings. Mm-hmm. And the maximum ratings, when you go crazy high Q on a, on a drive, you'll eventually hit maxes, which tend to be higher for reads than they are for writes. Okay. Because writes take longer, and if you're just overloading the drive with IOs, the writes take longer than the reads, it, it shows, right? You can only do so many per second, one versus the other. Right. However, when you're, first of all, at low Q depths, and second of all, writes, uh, an SSD when it's not doing a lot of stuff, like you're not really taxing it, it can answer a write request almost immediately. Because it gets the data, and it says, I got it, and, ne- and then it figures out what to do with so it. So it doesn't wait to organize the data before sending the OK back to the OS. Right. Uh, yeah, it just like it gets the data, it's acknowledged it. That's the point where your application or Windows or whatever can go on its merry way and do some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. That's all you really care about. As far as performance goes, right? Um, however, for a read, it has it has to go through all the steps. It has to look up where it actually is on the flash, address that flash chip. You know that sure. chip has to yep. you know row column. It does the same kind of like DRAM style kind of stuff, right? Data gets put on a bus, goes all the way back through the controller, and then goes back to the system. So the acknowledgement has to accompany the information that it just retrieved for you, right? So it's forced to do much more work. That's why the numbers are lower. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it seems weird. I'm actually going to flip those out and f- flip those. Uh, the read, right? The, the reads and writes on the on the chart and future reviews. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to make it a little bit easier to comprehend. Um, so we got some other tests. The mixed burst, which we introduced with the 950 or 850 Evo two or four terabyte. Okay. Like right. two or three reviews ago. This is one where we're simulating uh, downloading in the background while opening up applications. Yep, yep. Uh, and and what is the impact on mm-hmm. you know that opening of those applications with like a um, what we based it on was three hundred gigabit or three sorry three hundred megabit connection saturated with a BitTorrent download. Yeah. So thirty megabytes per second BitTorrent download. Right. Um, and you're trying to do level loads in games or whatever. Like what or open the, up Photoshop, or you're, you're, you're anything doing a with, read of, of yeah. random data. Reads of large files. Yeah. Um, so, a couple of charts. Again, we're trying to distill the results down to simple things, even though the test is very complicated. So, we just put, like, one chart just has throughput comparisons. Um, you know, what was your write throughput? And this is not... We know that the write throughput, on average, was... Uh, 
What did I do? Oh, yeah, it was actually uh, 20 megabytes per second for this test. Mm-hmm. So it's 40 meg every two seconds, like uh, like a program emptying its buffer mm-hmm. onto the drive, right? The right throughput is like the instantaneous speed, okay? Um, latency percentile results allow us to reverse calculate, like, how fast was it going when it was doing something. Okay. And that's what those numbers are. Sure. Um, and then the orange bars there are your, you know, what was the instantaneous read speed while the reads were going on. Oh, Brian needs to restart his computer. <laughs> Let's reschedule that guy. Yep. I'm pretty sure I literally just made I think this you just 3 a.m. You did. Literally. Yeah, you just did that. I just did this. It doesn't care. That time it's is Windows in the past. 10. What? Oh, it's it's only making for it today. today. So just wow, it will Mid- happen today. Hurry up. We've got a podcast to do. 59 please. So 11.59 p.m. it will be, I guess. Ass. They really need to fix that. No. And now Alexa is trying to talk to me, too. Yeah. All right. So anyway, continue on. All right. So and then the next chart down is just like the total read service time for all of the read requests done during that test. So how long would it have taken you to read, in this case, four gigabytes worth of stuff? Right. So just scroll down a chart. Oh, sorry. And lower is better, obviously. Mm. Uh, And uh, 950 Pro knocks almost a full second off of that uh, compared to... Or 960 Pro knocks a second off compared to the 950 Pro. Gotcha. Um, You're kind of getting to diminishing returns when you start going, like, that much faster. Right. Um, yeah, like the, the difference between five point five and four point six seconds. Are you going to feel that? It, it, yeah, especially because this is a, a com- like a compilation of many instances of this occurring. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, next is a new test. Uh, trim speed. Some I've been Wait, trying. Wait, did you say nude test? A trim new speed test. Nude test, trim speed. Were we just talking about shaving? New <laughs> test. Shaving? Oh, You're lucky up. I didn't go on about the balls and the male connector you were dealing with. <sighs> yes. Alright. Uh, so what was the idea here? You're trying to figure out how long it is taking to trim data in the background. There were some SSDs where if you moved stuff <clears throat> off of it to another drive, mm-hmm. the system would kind of stutter and hang, or at least the copy operation would. Right. Or the move operation would. And turned out it was because like every... Every time the next file gets moved, it actually does a delete of the old file. Mm-hmm. And then... Once it deletes it, it has it, to go through the trim process. It, yeah, the, the SSD has to do something as a result of that trim command. Sure. Um, and if you still have other stuff going on, in other words, the next file being moved, right. uh, it might slow things down. Or other processes might slow down. So, came up with a test that kind of lightly loads the drive while in the background deleting files of various sizes... And then do a bunch of math, and you end up coming up with, um, in the case you got the first chart up, yeah, yep. file delete under load. So that is just telling you the amount of latency added per a gigabyte worth of data that you deleted. So it kind of runs this really light workload in the background, and then it does a baseline, deletes some files of various sizes, extra time gets added. Like, it just takes the SSD longer to do the thing that you were, you were doing before. The thing you were asking it to do, not yeah. the cleanup part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the trim is generally, like, immediate. Like, that just doesn't take time, usually. Yeah. Right. Um, 
so that was that's like under load and it causes some kind of like delays there the only thing we saw as there are other ones that cause these delays that i have data on now just not published yet but uh intel 600p did not look that great nope um added a half a second of latency per gigabyte data deleted okay so if you deleted like you know you might be waiting a couple of seconds if you deleted like a dvd rip from your ssd that's noticeable yeah yeah um next one down is uh for full partition trim and what this is is uh <laughs> trimming the entire span of the drive when it when it is full versus when it's empty in other words if it's already all been trimmed and the drive is like fresh out of the box mm-hmm. it'll take some short amount of time right this is like you're trying to you know reinstall windows on the system or whatever right, right? Uh, there are some SSDs where if they were previously full and you try to do that Windows reinstall, you'll be sitting at that screen for like two or three minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah. You don't know why, but it's because the drive's trying to like clean itself, basically, right? Josh, um, that happens to Josh a lot. It uh, does. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again... Once a week, whether I need it or not. <laughs> again, we have uh, the Samsung drives did great here. Like They were literally couldn't measure any extra amount of time it took them to trim the whole drive full versus empty, even the two terabyte version of it. Um, and uh, SSD 750 from Intel, also pretty good, but 600p, not so much again. Tenth of a second per gig, so if you had a 500 gig drive, is that what? It's a minute. Right, okay. Roughly. Okay. Yep. But that, that is the right calculation to be doing. Yeah, yeah, it's not like yeah. how many files you had on there. It's how big the drive would right, be. Right, right. And the reason I'm scale, or the reason I'm reworking that back towards gig is so that in the future we're going to have different drives of different capacities on mm-hmm. that chart. Mm-hmm. And generally, that time scales with capacity. Gotcha. Uh, mm-hmm. From pretty much all the drives that I've ran through it so far. All right. So. Yeah. So um, drive How much good. does it cost? Uh, is it free? It, no, no, it's not free. It's it runs much. around 64 cents per gig. By the way, this is this is what we're talking about again, guys. SSDs yeah, yeah. still. Yeah, 960 Pro. M.2 SSDs. So uh, 64 cents a gig for 512 gig. Same for one terabyte. It's all the way up to, and it's like, you know. I is the two terabyte available already now, too? Uh, I'm not sure if it's... I know not I that I'm going to spend $1,300 on an M.2 SSD, but... I know they had a pre-order going, but I don't well, think they ship for like These prices seem reasonable to us, I guess. They're reasonable... For the Pro, because the Pro is like it's the premium model, yeah, right. It's and and I mean it's the fastest thing NVMe PCIe thing, which is funny since it's an M.2 form factor. It's not even like a full card, right? Right. That's really dang fast. Um, but we assume there's going to be like a an Evo. There is going to be a 960 Evo coming. Okay. And the pricing on that uh, is supposed to be like SATA levels like you're talking like around 30 cents right. a gig and there will be performance hits in some areas i assume sure. right sure in, um, in a similar vein to what we've seen on the 800s yes the um but interesting note about our new testing is that there's stuff that we haven't published on yet like a cache test mm-hmm. i can actually measure how much cash there appears to be slc right. cache versus tlc right so that information will be there when we when it comes time for us to test 960 evo and also all of our workloads, all of that data that you get, um, you know, as far as like uh, Q-depth weighted and all that other stuff, the workloads are applied in a way where if you're testing with a SSD that has caching, everything is a cache hit. Right. Right. All the, all the, the way the test works is it's always hitting cache. Um, it's paced in such a way that that's what's supposed to happen. Right. Um, which is 
again, you're sitting there using your computer. Chances are it's not sitting there with, you know, in the case of what's going to be the 960 Evo, which has like a 40 gig or something worth of <laughs> SLC cache on it or some insane high numbers, right? You're never going to be writing direct to TLC. Right. It's just never going to happen. Um, well, we'll talk about those when we get to those drives. Yeah, when those but drives are actually released. all this new testing stuff, once we get to those, it'll be cool because we'll have like actual like how fast does it go for you numbers as opposed to, hey, I ran this some random off-the-shelf benchmark thing and it just ASSSD. tried ASSSD. Uh, yeah. This, so this, the... Uh, this, this, the Addo. What? No, I'm just naming off benchmarks. Like Addo, ASSSD, <laughs> those simple benchmarks, which people tend to run on like empty SSDs, like you just format the SSD and you just run the benchmark on it. What we learned from all this new testing is that when the SSD is empty or has like a gig on it or something like that, yeah. uh, the performance tends to be an awful lot higher than it actually is when you put stuff on it. Even like if it's 50% full? 50% full and 100% full are usually very close to each other. Okay. Uh, but like 10 or 20% full? No. It's like not really representative of how it's going to behave yeah. in reality. So that's kind of a downside of those simpler kind of tests like that. Um, and then there's other tests out there that like hit the whole drive with 4K random and that's totally the wrong end. Like That's the opposite end of the spectrum. Right. So like that's the goal of the new testing was try to be like, right. what is realistic? As realistic as possible. We need to do, we need to do a better job. We'll, we'll, we'll explain this out better. If you guys are interested in that, and I think you should be. You should check out the full review for that. And he's got a whole page dedicated discussing how that, how that build-out works and how that, the testing suite works. But uh, in the interest of time, unless you have anything else. No, I'm good. I was going to say, how exciting is this? We talk about a wheel setup and SSD for an hour. <laughs> Only 45 you, minutes. You two people right. don't stop. Sorry. That's okay. We're going to okay. get more expensive now. Yeah, how about we talk about a $5,000 projector? God, what is up with you bougie people? I leave and you just... You know, money. the elites are taking over this country. <laughs> you leave Hillary Clinton out of this. Uh, so the Acer Predator uh, Z850 Ultra Wide, 24 by 9. That's a weird aspect ratio. 24, 24 by 9. Uh, projector. So, Sebastian. Well, that's the way your average wall is built, right? <laughs> Isn't that cinema? Isn't cinema 24 by 9? <clears throat> I thought it was so, yeah. Oh, it's, it's not. I thought it was 21 by 9. It's I not 21 know. by 9. I thought it was 21 by 10 when you went to cinema. I don't Look, guys, think it's is, 24 by 9. Math is hard. Um, <clears throat> so, this is the Acer Predator Z850. It is. It's got the Predator name, so it's supposed to be like a gaming centric based device. It's got some interesting and unique. Things one, it is a uh, able to project up to 120 inches from less than two feet from the wall. Mm-hmm. So it's a short throw. Uh, Ultra wide 24 by nine aspect ratio. It is 1920 by 720. 1920 by 720 and a very high 300 lumen brightness for gaming in ambient light. Uh, apparently, it's big, it's red, and you better believe it's expensive, as uh, Sebastian notes here at the in the top of his review. So. It is expensive. It's five thousand dollars. I think Good in terms of God. consumer projectors, that's got to be on the on the on the high end, right? Now, oh yeah, he he does mention some other ones that are you know ultra short throw, ranging from the mainstream LG uh, PF one thousand U to the fifty thousand dollar four K Sony LSPX W one S, right? But I'm imagining those. Oh, this are, is a bargain. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, but that's four K, and this is seven twenty P. Yeah. 
and it's and it's a different you know the 4K one is 16 by nine. This one is 24 by nine. So it's a, it's a very different uh, a type of thing. So again, this is probably not something we're going to recommend for almost any reader, viewer, listener, whatever, is because it, of the price. Is, but, it, is the 24 by nine the end result aspect ratio? Like on, no. So is, or does it end up being 21 by nine? Like is that the resolution is 24 by nine? I don't know the answer but to that. The, but since this, you know what I mean? Like it says the resolution the is 1920 by 1080 max. Right. Or 1920 by 720 in 24 by 9 mode. Okay. So you can still do it. Does he bucket it around yeah. with it and it'll just get crop it the middle? Yeah. 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 Like it'll just block yeah. off the sides, yeah. essentially, I think. Uh, F2.4 huh. minimum lens app uh, laser diode lamp. Normal lamp mode life, 20,000 hours. If you have it in economy mode, 30,000 hours. It's got speakers. <laughs> uh, and I always like looking at uh, projector inputs. As somebody had to do a presentation this week, I got to use a VGA input. This one has HDMI, <laughs> uh, USB. What does it got? Uh, VGA in, yes. Audio line in, yes. And then composite Two in HDMIs. HDMI. Two HDMIs? Okay. Yeah. Got to it, just in case. I will say this was in our office for a little while before Sebastian stole it from us. It It's a... It's a good-looking device. Yeah. It's, but, it's neat. But when do you look at your projector? But it's not really important. You do when it's a short throw. Yeah. I it's guess it is, it's kind room. of sitting there on, on like what he showed, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so you can see the Did, did the someone send him there. a wheel to do racing games with this? <laughs> <laughs> no, it would have been a good idea. Yeah. And an NVMe drive to put it on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It does yeah. have fans. Cooling fans, exhaust fans, a lot of ha- hot air through projectors as, as you're, you're used to seeing. Um, remote it does come with a VGA cable, so that's nice. Yeah, no HDMI well, cable. Suppliers seem to have a lot of them lying around for some reason. <laughs> Why are they all blue? Because VGA. VGA. Yeah. I think they kind of just standardized. On I that guess because I still have some of those, and they're all every one I have is blue. Yeah, blue. Um, but this th- look, this is an impressive shot. This is inside Sebastian's house. You can see the that wall. Is super you can close see to the, the throw, wall. and there it is in a twenty-four <laughs> by nine aspect. It's really cool. Yeah, to see it. And, uh, you know, him and his wife were messing around with it. It was funny. He was t- kept telling us all the time in our, in our chat, like, uh, Corinne, his wife, had never been interested in, like, big screen TVs or projectors or anything like that. Like, she was, didn't care about the size of the screen. But as soon as she saw, like, a 100-inch TV, <laughs> she's like, wall. well, yeah. do we get to keep Next it? thing you know, yeah. he's shopping for screens. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's so, true. When, he was. You know, we're going to get one of these? Like, how, how's this going to work out for us? Um, and, and like... Look for for a racing game. Yeah, I wonder how resolution support is for nineteen twenty by seven twenty. But it, eh, I, I mean, know. racing games are usually pretty adaptive. Racing games, sure, but for other games, I was just curious because again, this is this is kind of rated at a as a gaming centric thing. And what this is a it's a high, what's the refresh rate of this? Isn't it a hundred? Somebody remind me. I think this is a hundred hertz mm, at nineteen twenty by seven twenty. Sixty. I just don't no. understand why they're going for for that wide of an aspect. You know what I mean? It's Twenty-one just, by nine monitors are hot, man. Twenty-one hot. by nine, yeah. It's probably how the math worked out. I guess. Cinemascope is twenty-one point one five to nine. <laughs> just letting you know. Oh, sure. so just to mess with you. By nine. Yeah. Oh man, I, I'm pretty sure. Let me. Uh, where's Sebastian? Why is he not answering my question? Uh, he's in the it, chat. Because he's too busy in chat. Yeah. Sebastian, it is. Uh, you need to tell me what the refresh rate of this thing is. It does have a crappy looking remote, so there's that. Um, Whoever uses the thing that came with the 
the well, thing. the remote that comes with the display that you use for your TV, I think a lot of people use that, yeah. Alan. I mean, it is essentially your TV. At that. <laughs> if, you're spending, if you're spending five grand on your projector, you have something else. So it can project 120 remote. inch, 1920 by 720 image, just 18 and a half inches away from a wall. That's pretty crazy. That's 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 pretty awesome. Laser diode illumination up to three thirty three thousand lumens. I almost said thirty thousand. So that that picture you have up is with a screen, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you can see the you can see the border. Up. Oops, you can see the yeah. border it, of it on the. It has wow. sixty hertz. So much wasted screen. Is that DLP? All? No, that's pretty, it? really. No, oh, it is. It only sixty. They only I have sixty. But it's DLP, which makes it kind of weirder than just a straight out sixty hertz. Yeah. Oh, it's does a it? Anything. Color wheels. Yeah. Oh, well, when I search for Z850, uh, we're the first thing that comes up. So, mm-hmm. I, have, I, have, I, have, I have nothing else to reference now. I am the only – we are the only reference. So, all right. Um, color, uh, Sebastian does note that the colors were not accurate out of the box. The fans are loud. It's more expensive than some other good options. There's a ViewSonic uh, laser projector that's 3500 and Acer has the Z650 short throw, which is about 1500 bucks. It is not a laser. Uh, I assume it's just a traditional yeah. lamp design. Um, so here, here is playing The Witcher 3 on it. Like, I bet that's a you – you can't get a sense for the size in one of these pictures. Yeah. Right? If you've never been at a 100-inch screen before, <laughs> it's, it's – it's, I understand his wife's, like, sudden dramatic change of heart, right? It is a kind of a, a – a, a, a life-changing experience when you see a hundred-inch screen that is, especially if quality. you've got it on a nice screen. Yes, that, yeah, yeah. Which he definitely did. I think he went through three or four of them. Yeah. he said trying to find one uh, to to really best demo and, and it you, all. You on. pretty much need one of those screens that's like pre-tensioned, like yes. it's actually tensioned side to side. Right, that's and what he ended up with. Yeah, because especially yeah, the one he showed was pretty good. Right, because short throws, you're on such a sharp angle to the screen that it's going to be so sensitive to <laughs> yeah. any yeah, kind of, any kind of know. ripples in there is going to yeah. Hmm. So I and I, one, one last thing yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're still playing PC per bingo, one of our commenters said that's perfect for Lawrence of Arabia uh, viewings. Within arms reach, perfect. Are you getting ready for Battlefield Arms-reach. One? Or are you? <laughs> The Battlefield oh, 1. We'll have to find team. that bingo thing that Scott made up. It's on, It's a post on the site. I mean, I'm yeah. sure it's somewhere. Yeah. somewhere. Yeah. yeah, it's a news post. Yeah. <laughs> you know, interestingly, I just finished, I finished that 26 hours of uh, World War One history podcast, and Lawrence of Arabia was in there for about 12 seconds. Yeah. And he apologized for it profusely. He's like, <laughs> I really can't make this show any longer. I'm sorry. This is what we have to do. Anyway, that's the Acer Predator Z850 Ultra Wide Projector. Very impressive. I wish we'd had it here, uh, but I I probably wouldn't pay. You didn't have on wall to put it. I'm on the last episode of that one. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, So our our last review. I'm just going to mention it, and we're going to move on. This is the EVGA Supernova 750 watt G2L power supply. It's power supply with lights on the back. What? What? Boom. (laughs) Oh, and clear plastic uh, connectors. Close so you can plug it in. I'm surprised they didn't go with clear plastic on like the cabling and stuff to get totally like. Well, I mean, it, it know, wouldn't make it very just far. Just use fiber optic right? cable. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. Yes. I think you can transmit electricity over that. <laughs> really, really high power light. So uh, a, a good review on this, a good device. We've been talking for too long on stuff, so I apologize to Lee and EVGA, but that's the Supernova 750-watt power supply. All right, we need to get to uh, <laughs> our, our advertiser for today. 
We have a new sponsor on the show, everybody. Harry's. H-A-R-R-Y-S, in case you decide to spell it H-A-R-R-I-E-S for some reason. Harry's sells razors. Here, open that up and show them what we got here. All right. Um, so Would this be nice for my head? Head, face. And shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> <laughs> Back. Um, oh, so a, we all a, shave. Most of bag. us shave. Everything you need for a smooth shave. Yeah, there you go. We all shave. Uh, I don't and, know. Does Ken shave yet? Oh, like once a year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I, I have two caps just and as, I spread just as, cream on my face. <laughs> just as nether regions. <laughs> Harry's is uh is is the idea is simple here, guys. Like razors you buy at convenience stores, at the grocery store, at the drugstore are super expensive uh, and unnecessarily so. So uh, this is actually uh, the most disappointing part of this ad for me is that we learned that Harry's was started by two guys, neither of which was named Harry. Uh, but were they? Jeff and Andy, who were fed up of paying high prices for razors, so they decided to start their own razor brand. They actually bought a factory. They didn't just like lease out or, or rent out or contract. This, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> this, right here, out. this right here is awesome. Yeah, they give you a little yeah. travel case I for it. Because I put my razor in my like, shower bag thing yep. when I travel. You reach in and cut your hand? No, I don't reach <laughs> in. It, but it, it has like sliced open other stuff that was... In my shower yeah. bag. The, yeah, the yeah, nice yeah. thing about those cases is they have a drain. Yeah, so if you put it in there when it's wet, it's still yeah. can dry. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. Okay. Yeah. Um so a big head. Harry's bought a a uh, a factory with a hundred years of blade making experience so they make their own razors, sell them online, ship them. They don't have to deal with uh any, any of the other hassles. They can sell them at half the price of the leading brand. Uh let's see. Everything you need for a close they don't comfortable have to, shave. To buy naming rights to a stadium in New England. As apparent, apparently they don't. So no. you don't have to pay for that yes. crap, right? And so you get razors really cheap. You get five German-engineered blades, a lubricating strip, a flex hinge for you, comfortable glide. You know what that means. Trimmer blade for hard-to-reach places and a weighted ergonomic handle. Did we take the handle out? Did we show them? The ones that they sent us uh, to try out. Nice and orange. Yeah. Actually, I have a set to send to all you guys, too. They sent me, they sent me a bunch of them for you guys Sweet. to try out. I'll use oh, it. Oh, good. So... You can you can let us know what your experiences are as, as we go. And those blades are so supposed to last. So next podcast, like, you're going to see me with all shaving. this white tissue <laughs> Ooh, all over nice, my face nice. and head. Those well, blades are supposed to like, like mummy. Those blades are supposed to like last a really long time, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Two, I mean, it's two dollars a blade as well. So when you do have to replace it, no, oh, that's just, true. Ditch it. Get a new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sixteen dollars you save every time you buy an eight pack of blades compared to the leading brand, and that's uh, plus you can get more savings if you subscribe to the Shave Plan, which is where they kind of auto renew you and, and send you these new blades. Which honestly, for me, would be beneficial because I tend to go too long with a blade until it starts to like <laughs> not work. Like really, yeah. well, it still starts <laughs> to like rub. really agitate your skin, yeah. right? And then it's like, oh, you know, maybe you, that's your last one, and you got to wait a couple more days for more to come in. So the shave plan is a good idea. It just kind of keeps things coming. They're so confident in the quality of their blades, they'll send you their popular free trial set, which comes with a razor, a five blade cartridge, and shaving gel, free when you sign up for a shave plan. All you have to do is pay for shipping. Plus, there's a special offer for fans of this show if you enter the code PCPER at checkout. You get a post shave. Balm added to your order for free, Ooh. so you can rub it on your face or your head or your face. Please tell me that's spelled B A L M. B A L M. Okay, good. B A L M. So you go to Harry's.com right now, H A R R Y S.com right now, enter code PCPER at checkout, claim your free trial set and post shave balm. And we want to thanks 
uh, we want to thank. So we want to thank Harry's for their support of PC Perspective. Uh, so, yes. Ryan, have you ever tried? And this is a serious question. Uh, Are you ready? Uh, no. Uh, okay, I've heard that when your razor gets dull, get like denim and yeah. rub it away from the grain, and it realigns a lot of uh, those. So, you mean strop yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. You literally stropping no, it. Never heard that. That works. Yeah, yeah, yeah use, use use a fabric like <laughs> yeah, denim. So if you get jeans leather. on, and your razor's a little, just do about ten or twenty. Uh, you'll strips the opposite direction, and it realigns the edges. Might not be able to do that with this because the blades are kind of inset into the frame. Okay. Well, I don't know, but <laughs> it would be interesting to try. Ming you thought I was going to go somewhere really jeans. terrible with that, didn't you? Uh, we did. Yeah, and and I think justifiably so. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing yes. like the gleam of uh, decommissioned submarine titanium. Heck yeah! That's we generally what it's got. It's got the straight edge. The Germans the have no, that. it's not. That's like FY one hundred plus steel. So shut it. What? Alan. You don't think there's? You, you don't think this is an alloy? I just not don't think we'd let the German have decommissioned some razor blades. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they don't. It just says German engineered blades. I do not know the metal. You bought. Oh, so they uh, won't pass the emissions <laughs> test then. Yeah, they'll fake their way through it. So uh, thanks to Harry's uh, for their support of PC Perspective. Let's get on to some news items here. We're going to run through them. Um, Quickly, guys. Uh, GTX 1050. Jeremy, tell me about this. We don't have. I don't have a review of this yet because I was traveling last week and the first part of this week. But it's on my agenda uh, for the for the rest of my time here this week. Uh, the GTX 1050 and the GTX 1050 Ti. What are we looking at? Oh well, we're looking at Pascal for under 150 bucks. So for a lot of people, that's actually pretty exciting. Uh, it's relatively inexpensive. It's a brand new architecture. Still off of the GP107. I think it's dash A1 officially. Uh, but apart from that, the clocks, as you'd expect, fall below the 1060. Uh, the 1050 is clocked a little bit higher at 1354 uh, on the core with a boost of 1455. But it only has two gigs of RAM. Okay. The 1050Ti. The clocks, are, oh, and it's also got the uh, least number of texture units that, that we've ever seen at 40. Uh, so the, the 1050 Ti matches the 950 with 48 uh, TMUs. The clocks are a bit slower, just under 1300 megahertz and just under 1400 for the boost. Hmm. Your memory speed remains the same at 1752, but you've got the four, full 4 gigabytes. You've got it. You can do this. Yes, I can do <laughs> this. Uh, and Out both are sitting mouth. at the 128-bit uh, memory bus speed. The, the reviews that I've seen... Uh, long story short, the, the 1050 Ti is the way to go. Uh, there's a tiny bit of price difference, but yeah, what is you double it? the RAM. Is it 119 versus or 109 versus 139? Yeah. Okay. So the 30 bucks for the extra two gigs of RAM seems to work out uh, yeah. in benchmarks, in playing games. You, you pretty much don't want to buy a video card with less than four gigs of RAM right at this moment. Yeah, that's that's yeah. fair advice. Performance wise, uh, for DX12 that I saw. Uh, it sort of bra- they bracketed the uh, RX 460, so the TI was a little bit faster most of the time. The non-TI a little bit slower most of the time, not by a huge margin, but it gives you a rough idea of how it compares to a card you're probably familiar with at this point. Gotcha. The DX11 performance, on the other hand, bounced all over the place most of the time, favoring uh, the NVIDIA low-cost offerings. 
but not necessarily all of the time. Uh, this is also because a lot of those games have been out so long that, that, that they're about as optimized as they can be for the architectures they're running on. The DX12 performance will be interesting because it does seem solid and AMD is, you know, slowly but surely creeping up on the performance. I don't think it's going to make a VR rig. Sorry, guys. But apart from that, if you're just doing 1080p gaming on a single monitor, you don't have a lot of money to spend. These are worth looking at. Josh, um, Biohazard's saying in the chat that these are built by Samsung instead of TSMC. I hadn't heard that. Is that did you hear that? I don't know. I I know that um, it's news to me. They were talking yeah. about huh. utilizing them for a future architecture, but I hadn't actually heard if the 1050s are Samsung. I guess I yeah. I mean, I hadn't plugged the cards in yet, so I hadn't gone down the process of starting to look at any of this type of stuff. So, all right. Well, you'll be able to tell very quickly Korea versus Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Oh, true. Well, thanks um, for the heads just, up on that, guys. I mean, it's just trying to see right? if Guru 3D pulled it off in a way that you can actually see what the uh, oh, memory true. is and doesn't look like it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Like, this is the continued progression of the Pascal architecture into different into different price segments. So, um, I will say that it looks like the 1050 Ti versus the 950. They have the same number of you know CUDA cores, texture units, ROPs. Uh, yep. The clock speed's about twenty percent higher, uh, and it has twice the memory. And the memory's running about 100 megahertz higher. So, you know. And so, it's, in theory, a 1050 Ti would work for Oculus with the async space warp stuff because they lowered the spec to... No, no they lowered it to a GTX 1060. Yeah. No, you... Mm, well, no, no 1060's right. always been a choice. They said 960. Okay, so probably not Yeah, then. so 1050 yeah. Ti would probably be still under that under yeah. that requirement. Um, hmm, if you've got a really steady stomach, you might be able to do it. <laughs> All right, yeah. So Bio saying that Samsung is speculation, but in the non-tech story says it is fourteen nanometer. So that would, I mean, it's that or global foundries, right? That's true. Like, funny. Those are the two options at this point for for sixteen or for fourteen, if that's what it is. So yeah. Oh well. All right. So that's the ten fifty ten fifty Ti. We'll have more about that uh, next week when we have our review up. Uh, Alan, tell me about Intel Crosspoint product leak that came out a little over a week ago what is this this is the 8000p series of stuff it is that was interesting did yours go off too yeah mine went off as well both do you have a a weather time to reboot no it was siri it was siri being jackass continue (laughs) anyway uh from the specs all we got in the leak was just this uh this chart of specs this table of specs right um, however, just based on previous leaks that we published on before, uh, it looks to be that system accelerator thing, which is actually at the bottom of their roadmap. If you scroll down a little bit on that picture right there, there's a like system accelerator. Yes. Deal there at the bottom below mainstream. Yes. Below mainstream. Yep. Uh, and the idea is it's just a very small amount of cross point just to act as a cache. I would imagine that Intel would probably kind of like integrate that with their you know with just their driver to act as an accelerator for a SATA SSD or just some a system level cache yeah kind of essentially yeah um, but you know remember there were there was um, Intel smart response technology right. caching where you were thing. using an SSD yeah. as a cache yeah right? and then yeah. they sold like a 20 gig SLC SSD at but the did, time didn't no one do that pretty much nobody pretty did much. that right <laughs> 
the, the idea with this, this though is see the other one like you had to you had to do it right like you had to like set it up sure yeah it was on the user this is the kind of thing i believe would just be you'd buy a laptop it would well, just have the thing no in laptops it. could have done that as well some and I laptops think some of them did, did do that yeah, some laptops did do that yeah but it really it's interesting to note like if you look at this on. table this leak is two capacity, 16 gigs and 32 gigs. So it's clear that this is only for that, right? It's only for the accelerator side of things. Yeah. You're not putting an OS. Yeah, you're not going to try to install things. Windows onto that. You oh, were mentioned before how impressive it was to reach those IOPS levels on probably what is one die. Yeah, 16 gig is one die of right. Crosspoint. Yeah. That's its capacity. Um, so you got like 4K random reads, 285,000 IOPS, one die. Right. Uh, and if, we, if you extrapolate that out and think, okay, when they do eventually release larger capacity items that are not just simply meant for accelerators, you, you're basically multiplying that potential yeah. if the controller is up to it, which we assume it would have to be. Yeah, and uh, that whole thing we were talking about where, um, now granted, we don't know like what the Q-depth was sure. in these tests. It says up to. Right? Uh, yeah, it said up to, and there was a little note, a number two that was supposed to be superscripted but wasn't in their little leaked picture or whatever, right. which probably at the bottom of that chart said, you know, what their... It was probably QDEP32 mm. or QDEP whatever, right? right. Um, but I'm pretty sure that even super low QDEP performance is going to be through the roof for this stuff. Because, I mean, it should literally be like almost zero turnaround time. It's almost like reading from RAM. Right. Um, That's the idea. Yeah. So let me ask you this then. Why in the hell yeah. do we need an accelerator? Like we literally just talked about the 960 Pro uh-huh. and how fast it was. Uh-huh. What would adding a 32 gig cache to it, or really, would you increasing the cache on a lot of SSDs? <clears throat> you want to know? You want to know what? You want to know why? Yeah, pure TLC SSDs or but, QLC. I mean, I, yeah, I guess. But like, but if I'm buying a QLC SSD, I'm not going to buy this accelerator. Like I already don't care. You would have a choice because both would come in the system. Yeah, it would just be the thing, yeah. right? I think. I, this is just me hypothesizing, but right. I think where they would want to go is instead of think of the 600p right now. It has trouble doing sequential writes sustained because it's trying to flip mm-hmm. modes of it's trying to flip uh, pages and and blocks worth of flash between TLC and SLC mode and vice versa. It's trying to do all that and juggle stuff around. Screw all that. Just make it a pure TLC thing. But then you need some kind of a cache. Oh look. We have this crosspoint stuff, right? So where I think it's all going is for all this to just be in one SSD. Right. Right. You'd have an SSD. The the controller would just have some extra PCI lanes that go off to this crosspoint to talk to it. Hmm. Right. Or in the case of second gen crosspoint, which is supposed to act more like direct RAM, that you can just be ad- addressable as if it was DRAM, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, but that's not going to be for like another year or two. Right. But... You could just take that, plunk it down on the SSD, and now you have a 16 gig or a 32 gig, you know, better, way better than SLC buffer. It's basically a RAM buffer that is persistent okay. for if you lose power. So now you also have power loss protection. So this would be the place where you would keep that table that gets updated every time you do writes and the table you have to do your lookups to every time you do reads. If that's if it's integrated onto an SSD. Yeah. If it's yeah. two separate items that are managed in software, you can't do that. No, but it is a stopgap. Yeah, I, I think as a stopgap, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, what SSDs? Like, if you have, a, if if you were talking about like when people are still installing hard drives in their laptops, yeah, 
and not SSDs, then this makes the, a lot the difference. Sense, but... The difference in performance was much greater between those yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, I, I don't know. It, interesting and, and, to see. And, and we will definitely see laptops with this stuff in it next year. I have no probably. Doubt. We I mean, if you already have you already have spec sheets out, so yeah. We will. yeah. Uh, all right, Microsoft had a uh, event today. They did not announce a Surface Pro. No. They did not announce a new Surface Pro, which I was very su- very surprised by. But they announced two things. Um, this one is the Surface Studio, the Microsoft Surface Studio, Studio, which is an all-in-one desktop PC. It is in a gorgeous design. Yeah. Um, the video, which we don't have embedded in here, uh, but you should which go check out. Which is also out. the best thing I've ever seen come out of Microsoft for an nice announcement. It's, a, it's an amazing video. Um, oh, no, we don't have that embedded. Outdoes Apple, uh, I think, for like an introductory video Finally, type thing. somebody yeah. did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so what you're looking at here is a two ninety nine ninety nine. No, that's too much. Twenty nine. It's a three thousand dollar <laughs> machine. So it's nine hundred ninety nine bucks more than the Fanatec setup. <laughs> right. What uh, are you going to get more use out of, huh? Yeah. What will you? Exactly. But uh, it's a little bit cheaper than the the projector. So that's true. <laughs> I think you can get it as expensive as the projector if you spec it up. True. Maybe. But um, so this is you know the the basis of it is this screen. It's a four and a half K screen. What is it? Forty five hundred by three thousand is the resolution. Three by two, baby. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. uh, it was four by five K. No, three it's, by it's two. not four by three. It's three by two. It's the same it's aspect as the surface. Right. I can't do math. Yeah. In it's my hard. head, it's hard, but it's a 4.5 K. Yes, uh, it is a 28 inch display, 192 D, uh, uh, PPI, um, three, three, three by two aspect ratio. It is uh, 10 oh, bit. That, they're using 10 bit panels. That video is amazing. Yeah, the video is is, a, yeah. is great, and the music they use is awesome. It's a it's a uh, like hard rock version of uh, Pure Imagination from Willy Wonka. <laughs> they they do a really really good job. You guys should check out the yeah. video. Uh, it's all touchscreen, 1024 pressure level. Uh, it has the Surface Pen that, that you've seen before. It has this weird puck thing. What do they call that, Jeremy? Oh, s- disc? S- no, dial. S- it's Sorry, it's dial. a Surface Dial. So it actually, it, it can sit on your desk. It's, it can be on the screen. If you watch the video, they show you know a woman who has it on the screen, and they're using it. It's a studio device, so it's meant for artistic people, people yeah. who are doing drawings or or you know professional stuff in the 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 interactions they have with the dial and the pen at the same time with the touchscreen are really, really I mean, cool. It, it turns I would in, have no capability to do any of this. It turns into like an easel <clears throat> slash You can change color with it. They're slash, rotating objects with yeah. it. Um, and there's no buttons on it. It's all contextual. Yeah, and it's like it's got like so haptic feedback inside of it. When you turn it, it kind of gives you like little knocks when you've you know ratcheted through things. Um, and one thing they didn't actually push very well on the video is apparently it will be compatible with any existing Surface product. Somewhat. What do you mean? Oh, you Somewhat. Mean you it's post, not going to be as spiffy as this one, but we will like actually actual know it. What do you mean? Yeah. Oh, the the he's oh, talking about the puck. Oh, yeah, yeah. the puck. I think it's supposed to work, but Dial. like it doesn't do the same <laughs> where, where if you place it on the screen, it draws a contextual menu around it, sort of thing. It, I think it yeah. you can still use it as an input device, and like you could use it on your desk type yeah. of thing. Is yeah. this uh, is this IPS? What is the screen? MVA. It must be IPS. Uh, what could be MVA? I say it's DCI-P3. It's, yeah, it's doing P3. Yeah. Which I'd be impressive with anything other. Yeah. Um, so there's some interesting aspects of this, though, from a hardware perspective. One, it's using uh, Skylake-based processors, yep. not Cabby Lake-based mm-hmm. processors, which 
kind of makes sense, I guess, because you're getting more desktop performance out of it. Kaby Lake currently is only announced as a dual core hyper-threaded processor. This is going to be a quad core, you know, i5 or i7, you know, maybe quad core with hyper-threading option. Did they say option. quad core? I don't think they said, but it says core i5 or i7. Because I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if this didn't have the 15-watt parts in it. I would... It would shock the hell out of me if I'd it be didn't really shock as well. Processor in there, maybe you never know. You never Especially know. when you're dumping uh, the GPU in there, right? Eight, eight, right? You 16, get a 980 M paired with a yeah. 15 watt processor. I mean, that's a gaming. Well, no. that's what's odd. So the, the GPUs, the GPUs they offer is if you get the uh, bottom two SKUs, you get nine a GTX 965 M with two gigs of memory. Uh, and on the top end SKU, 32 gigs of memory, uh, 32 gigs of RAM, rather, you get a GTX 980M with 4 gigs of memory. And it's and it's an odd... <sighs> oh, the system is in the base. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The system's in the base. The screen is like, I think they called it the thinnest LCD that's ever been produced or something like that. I don't know yeah. if that's true. But um, <laughs> uh, back to the GPU side of it. Like, I don't... I don't I, get it. I am I am kind of worried that that screen's going to be a little like kind of bouncy and flimsy what? with the mechanism that they're. I no, it's in zero G. Yeah, it says. It right I, there. I don't think it yeah. will be zero. Ba- I, I think it will be perfectly stiff and. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I think the hinge will be great. Okay. Yeah. I mean, based on how they've done the Surface Pro Four yeah. and the Surface Book, both yeah. of those were very very well designed hinges and, and that does. Obviously, this is a much bigger thing and heavier thing. That's my but concern. It's got two pretty big arms on the side of it. Yeah. To to move around with. Um. But yeah, I don't know why they would use a 965 and a 980M. The only thing I could think of is like it can't be cost. This is an expensive computer. Um, if it were a hundred dollars more for Microsoft to get the Pascal-based parts for NVIDIA, I think they would have done it. Um, this has to just be a timing thing. Probably a GTX 980M has the same thermal envelope as a GTX 1070. Yeah. I mean, right. just realize if everything's crammed in the base like that, it's custom PCB design. It's like, you know. Maybe it's just so been it, it in development sounds... a little longer than they wanted yeah. it to be. Yeah, like it's. Yeah. it's oh, not... I was going to say, maybe the software development platform took a lot longer than, right. hey, let's spec out the hardware. <laughs> so we've got all this. These are the things we need to implement. And they're trying to bust their ass trying to get all this stuff to work yeah. as smoothly as it looks in this video. And yeah. Right. So they locked down the the product and software had a lot of catching up to do. The other the other maybe weird... there's a warehouse full of 980ms that got to be locked. <laughs> like, <they got laughs> Six of one, half and a dozen of the other. Uh, the other the only other really annoying hardware thing is is they're saying they have rapid hybrid drive options, one terabyte or two yep. terabyte, and they didn't go into any more detail than that. One terabyte or two terabyte <laughs> hybrid drive. Fact, uh, rapid hybrid is what they is what they call, it. and they don't give yeah. a brand or anything, right? Yeah, I think Sebastian might have actually added the hybrid because I think they were just calling them rapid hard drives. I think they said hybrid during the presentation. Well, you'd ha- you, it has to be. Yeah. So now, now you got to wonder, like, okay, how hybrid-y is it? Well, right? it's probably the Seagate like SSD. But is it just an SSD? Because that seems like a horrible thing to put into a three thousand to five thousand dollars. I bet you that's what it is. Yeah, I really hope it's not that. Because that's not as the major downside to most of the Surface line. It's very overpriced. It it is. Yeah. I don't. I don't get why it's a spinning anything for that price. Well, agreed. I, I don't. I don't like, disagree. I could see why you would maybe put on a five hundred gig SSD in the retail market is insane. Right yeah, like utterly insane. The display is probably an incredibly expensive component. Probably they're the only. 
Have you seen another monitor of this resolution, aspect ratio, size? Yeah, and it's I like they're probably the only person buying this panel from whoever's making it. Yeah. yeah. Right? I That's mean, got to be a 27 inch 5K panel. Yeah. Yeah, but with that aspect, though. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, I mean, and super high color, uh, uh, color uh, saturation on it. Like, that, I don't know. Like, the, the service devices are usually priced outside of where they're they're affecting the sales of the other OEMs. We see yeah, with the Surface Pro, we see with the Surface Book. Yeah. They make the best device and then try not to kill their partners. Two ninety nine up to forty one ninety nine, depending on your config. Um, I think it looks awesome. I would love to see one. I I didn't go to the event, obviously. I'd love to see one of these in person. Hopefully, they'll have these at the Microsoft Store. Do we know when they're going to be start sh- when they're going to start shipping? Twenty seventeen. I thought they said. Oh really? Not till next year. I thought, Frame by framing their video, looking for an was, SSD. Like I thought it was July. No, sorry, uh, December fifteenth. December fifteenth. Yeah. Yep. It's just after my birthday. Early in time for Christmas. Or not July. I'm in January. Anyways. Just after my <laughs> just yeah. Just after my birthday, Microsoft. So that's the uh, uh, Surface Studio, and Look then that. that's all the hinge for the screen. What else? They announced a new Surface Book, but there were no dramatic changes to that other than um, they said twice the GPU performance. No one will know what that means until they, they have actually... a nine. I think that has a 965 M in it as well. Oh, did they actually put a spec on it? Yeah. For once? on their they... website they have a 965 M, and the other one used a. What did it use? It wasn't really modeled. Was numbered. it like a? But it was like. Then we put it as like under a nine sixty or something like that. I or nine fifty. It was. It was low. I remember because I remember questioning like why I have a discrete at all uh, at that performance level. So, uh, but I don't think they changed anything else in the Surface Book, did they? Uh, they changed. They changed. The hinge is supposed to be a little. Bit I better? think there will be some additional stuff because like the physical design of the dock has changed a little bit, so oh, really? there might be some more differences there that people. Let's just hope that they figure out all the sleep wake cycle stuff before yeah. they yeah. ship this time. My my girlfriend has a Surface Book, and it's... does it still have problems? Mm-hmm. No, well, you still have a girlfriend. Been following the NFL lately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Touché, Josh. Touché. It I it like. Sleeping well, she shuts down because <laughs> of sleeping wake problems. <laughs> I bet she shuts it down. She does, huh? I I every day, to be every night. Actually, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that way lost the bingo up a little while ago. There's another uh, tick mark for you. Uh, oh dear lord. Uh, Wow. I just got a notification. Our, our, never mind. We'll talk about that afterwards. Um, so there was that. And then they also announced Windows 10 Creators Update, which is... New MS Paint. Sweet. Someone's going to create a thing that lets you stop the automatic reboot? So what was previously, awesome. no. previously <laughs> codenamed Redstone 2 is now called the Windows 10 Creators Update. Is this something that everybody will get? Or is this... Do you have to pay yes. extra for it? Oh, no. Okay. So what is it? It's a new MS Paint. Oh, well, it's more than that, right? Okay. No, well, no it's, it's a new MS Paint, but it's Paint 3D. Oh, so right. it, it allows the, the very creative minds of the internet to, say, snap a picture of something. Mm. And with the new Paint VR, just remove all of the entire background and then dump it into wherever you'd like it to be. Oh, no. Like, what did I this? do? That is not the right button. I'm sorry. Or would you like to update Chrome now? Oh, you've no, been a pending I, I hit, update uh, from Windows so. instead of whatever. Anyway, so it, it gives them a chance to do that, and it will sort of turn it into 3D, so you can rotate it and look at it, and theoretically dump it into games and such. Right. It should be interesting. And this adds if, some of the uh, 
like they just showed some of now, the Now, this is the other thing, stuff, right? Because you can take that picture in 3D, you can then ship it off to be 3D printed. I don't, so what? The, this is the part that makes me give a headache because of my day job. People are, are yeah. going to export these files and want to print them, and they're probably not going to be great <laughs> because they're coming from paint. <laughs> but it's MS Paint too. <laughs> Everything from MS Paint is perfect, right? <sighs> be are they nightmare. trying to make this so that if you had a 3D printer connected yeah. to your system, that you well, could yes, just like hit absolutely. a print? Absolutely. So, so Microsoft has a 3D builder application. Yeah. Yep. They, and they go to 3D camera. So, like, they have a 3D printing software that works with a couple of 3D printers. Oh, okay. So they, like, have an ecosystem yeah. built around it. So yeah. in theory, mm-hmm, it could all mm-hmm. work. Okay. And, and it, Remix 3D, I believe, is the name of the service. So mm-hmm. you send it off to Microsoft, and the, this service will 3D print whatever it is that you've sent to them. Or, yeah. well, an approximation. In the chat, the in the chat, they're also pointing out that they did announce 299 VR headsets, which I know nothing about. Oh, HoloLens? No, these oh, are no. they're not Can't HoloLens. Be HoloLens at that price. They're they're like HoloLens Lite HMDs for two ninety nine. I saw a picture of them on Twitter, but I don't know anything about like what um, they actually integrate. Actually, let me uh, let me go back to my. It's in like a six degree uh, motion sensor that you don't have to have room scale stuff. So, so they're supposed to work be? with the Windows holographic features. Okay, right. So yeah, the, basically your, your desktop is... environment in. In VR. Well, Windows Holographic is the HoloLens API. Right. So, but well, these are, it's going to be more than AR that, though. glasses. The, these are just VR glasses. It, hopefully the resolution's higher. Uh, my guess oh, is that they're be, not if they're 299 But Satya admitted, you know, this whole mobile phone thing didn't work out so well. Nice. Uh, and he's suggested we're, we're, we're going to try and build a VR ecosystem. So this is sort of part of the introduction of trying to make Windows the de facto for playing with AR and VR. Right. That's where they're going to focus. So yeah. that doesn't surprise me. I didn't no, actually get a chance sense. to watch this presentation. So it's just more what I've been reading. So we'll see. Yep. Um, so that was Microsoft's deal. Uh, at the 4G summit that I was at in Hong Kong, 4G, 5G summit I was at in Hong Kong, the one of the interesting things Qualcomm showed was uh, they demoed their X50 5G modem. No, I'll take that back. They didn't demo it. They announced it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is where they're starting to get into. So the whole 5G stuff, we'll have a different discussion about this another day. But look at the size of that logo. Holy moly. Um, millimeter wave technology. Mm-hmm. So what is that? Uh, over 30 gigahertz, I think, is what it's that's considered. It's down to 10 millimeters, yeah. Yeah. Um, so announcing support for that, this is still something that is not until t- early 2018 when you'll start to see integration of these devices, you know they've they've tested it up to five gigabit uh, throughput. Um, this is the twenty eight gigahertz band, by the way, for this and you know massive MIMO type stuff, five gigabits per second, uh, and this will be used in a multi. This what's interesting about this is that when five G first comes out, you're going to have multiple modems in your device, but they're going to be designed to work together. Like as when it happened before, you had to kind of switch back and forth. Like yeah. when you switch from your three G network. You, if you've ever watched your phone, it switches over to 4G. If it's you like start to lose it, it goes back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with this, it would be connected to both at the same time. Hmm. Probably what would be realistic is you'll be on 4G the whole time, and whenever it happens to find 5G, yeah. you will be Sounds you'll be get a little burst of life. Well, and that's part of the stuff of the development side of it, right? Is yeah. it's, it, it, 
with with when you're getting up to 28 gigahertz and above, you know, some of the stuff I saw over there was like, yeah, we're going to get up to the 100 gigahertz bands. It's like line of sight is not just <laughs> kind of important. It's kind of like really crucial. Alan and I were talking today about like, yeah, like moisture in the air yeah. will affect yeah. wavelengths once you get above, you know, 50 yeah. gigahertz. Yeah, so. I mean, Y gig stuff, which is 60 gigahertz, yep. is about yep. to start shipping beginning of the yep. beginning of next year at CES. But that's meant for. One single room. spaces, yeah. right? Yep. Um, whereas what they're it trying to do... It doesn't even make it out of that room. It's like, what are yeah, they, they will get 5G down to the the lower bands, larger distances, Yeah, you know, eventually be able to come inside your house as opposed to being <laughs> kept outside of your house, things like that. Uh, they also showed, I don't know if we had it on here, I don't think we did, but they, they demoed um, gigabit 4G LTE gigabit mm-hmm. working, like 973 megabits. Um, Holy crap! There's a uh, so I'll get about twenty on Verizon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <more laughs> Telstra, which is a, an Australian uh, yep. I, a provider, um, is working with Netgear, who's built the modem. So it's basically like for your whole home network, you just have a an L four G LTE modem that's a router as well. Huh. It's got gigabit Ethernet ports on it, and that's your internet service for the thing. Now we asked them a lot of questions about like technology is awesome. 4G LTE, it's fantastic. What about data caps? Like, how, how, what use is a gigabit connection if I have a 20 gigabyte limit on my Verizon service? And they, you know, nobody really wants to talk about it yet. It's like a couple of minutes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well in theory, if the, if the carriers were nice, <laughs> good one, uh, they would, if you're using that femto cell in your house, they wouldn't count against your data limit because it's using your hardline internet connection. Yeah, but the idea is you don't have any hardline internet connection yeah. anymore. Oh, other way around. Yeah, this yeah, is this exactly. this wireless is yeah. now your internet. Can that's that even handle happen. that much of a like widespread? That's a lot. You know what I mean? What do you mean? You mean on their network? Like itself? imagine everybody's house, everybody using their cell phone at the same time. Yeah, but they're not right? all doing a gigabit of transfer. Sure, right. I, I'm with you. I mean, but, it's, you know. it's a, it's a similar idea as like could the cable network handle it when everybody when everybody was getting 50 megabit. Internet connections for right. the first time. You, you, you got to build up the infrastructure in a particular way. Um, but, you know, Qualcomm, who is the maker of the technology and not necessarily the maker of the policy on how it gets implemented, right? Yeah. When they're getting grilled on this stuff, they mentioned, you know, another, another potential benefit to gigabit LTE is that people get on and off the network quicker, right? If you're downloading files, you can get, you know, you're downloading yeah. them super fast. Hurry up and wait. Hurry up and and wait. Exactly. Yeah, because you're you're that. probably not streaming 4K video with Dolby Atmos for two <laughs> hours straight. Any of you are, that's 30 megabits, right? Yeah. 50 megabits, 100 megabits at the most type of thing. But you know, he said you must by, have more responsible by, users by, than you, Josh. Because by getting people who by getting the data to like spike out and in, right? Yeah. You you effectively increase the carrying capacity of the whole network automatically. Um, because people are are on the network less. It's one big time slice problem. Yeah, yeah. And, and there is only so many megahertz to go around. I mean, and I saw today. There's a limited was it amount. Today, Google kind of announced that they're not doing Google Fiber anymore. Yeah, they're, they're no, not going to expand it's anymore. Yeah, they're just like, eh, we're probably As good. It turns out this doesn't yeah. make much sense as a business. And that sucks, yeah. right? But if, you, if you're one of the lucky... Oh, especially to the workers that got dropped like a bad packet. Oh, yeah. yeah. But if you're one of the lucky consumers that got it... Scott Wasson. Or you got uh, AT&T U-verse that offered it because Google Fiber existed, or you got your Time Warner upgraded because of it, or Since I Bell offered it because of that, right? Yeah. You owe that to Google, and it sucks that there's not going to be a player in that market now 
to push people forward. That's what Google was there for, in my in my opinion, and what I thought they were. On them failing is horrible because now it proves. Oh well, we nobody wants yeah, that. Nobody if, needs it. That business doesn't yeah. work. I mean, you look at how pitiful the Verizon FiOS rollout was. Like what they claimed it was going to be when they got all the government money, and then what it turned out to be. You know, I, I, f- when I was reading the Google stuff, they were interlinking to other stories, and I saw a map of what the Verizon FiOS rollout is nationwide, and it's like I mean, they, they barely stopped, colored on they the map. They stopped rolling out FiOS like four or five years ago. Yeah, yeah, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, so the idea may be that wireless replaces that. We just need to get the wireless companies to. I don't know. Stop buying each other and merging into things yeah. that are uncontrollable. Stop redefining AT&T unlimited to mean something exactly Bell. the opposite of unlimited. Again. What's yeah. that, Josh? Ma Bell. Ma Bell will rise again. Yeah. Yeah, but this time as your TV provider. With their rotary dial phones. Uh, let's see. A couple mm, more. Bakelite. One more item here. Nintendo Switch was announced. The Nintendo Switch. The, no longer the Nintendo NX. So your parent spanks you with it? Yes. See, that's what you went to first. Like, that's weird. You got some. You need to see a psychiatrist about this. You got some <laughs> underlying issues. I was thinking like a light switch. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. You can turn um, it off and on. So it's 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 this new gaming system. So you don't system. have a dominatrix. It is essentially a. Oh, it switches. A continuation ha, ha. of the idea of what the Shield devices were supposed to be. What? No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. No, it isn't. It's a Shield tablet. How could it be Shield? It's a oh, Shield wow. tablet with a dock. Oh. NVIDIA. And then a hmm. controller. Mm. Yeah, but someone might buy this. But wait, is Ooh. the game streaming or is it just playing? No, on it's that? real games. They have cartridges slash memory cards. Or okay. So this is a Nintendo system. It is powered by an NVIDIA Tegra processor. Um, they didn't say which one. It's a custom SoC. They didn't say like what architecture it was based on, how many cores it had, or anything like that. Um, we'll probably learn more as it it's goes. It's like a Wii U someone would actually buy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. So, I mean, you can see in this picture what the idea is, is you have this dock at home that you connect and it hooks up to your TV. And then you have this controller um, that is odd looking, to say the least. Um, but then when you want to take it on the road, you literally undock it and the game is identical. You like You dismantle don't, the controller and slide it onto either side. Yeah, you un, un, unslide those off and attach it to the side of the device and you can take it with you. Is the video embedded? Uh yes, the video is actually a pretty good demonstration of. Yeah, it gives you some like the use cases it of it. Some really stupid use cases. Yeah, it does that too. Um, so it, it, it this is this is an interesting thing for Nvidia because we all kind of assumed that the Tegra line was dead, but then they got two cool announcements in the same week that they're the draw they're in the autonomous Tesla the sensor set two point hardware autopilot two point hardware that started shipping last week and on the Nintendo Switch that is going to be what March. Of this yeah, year? March. Right, so here's this oh, guy. Are they going to be compatible so you can drive your Tesla with this <laughs> so Switch? Like the, game, the game's playing still. It's yeah. on the playing. They're making a very good point to show it was on the television. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 And, and so he just can't it and go, and now he can pretend to like his dog enough to take it outside, but really he just wants to play some He's Zelda not paying any again. attention to his dog. Yeah, He's dogs just... don't matter. <laughs> the Zelda, dog is already Zelda. drowned at this point. <laughs> Zelda is what matters, right? Yeah. So, um, so speculation time. Yeah. Is this running Android? No. Unless I know. Uh, is is, I, I is this the Shield tablet too? Hey, hot girl, look at my Nintendo with, Switch. With Nintendo's, controllers on the side. Nintendo's thing is always like their own yes. software. And uh, I, heard, I talked to somebody who said, like, there's a part in the NVIDIA press release where they say, uh, in, Nintendo Switch, Nintendo Switch's gaming experience is also supported by fully custom software, including a revamped physics engine, new libraries, game tools, 
and libraries. NVIDIA additionally created new gaming APIs to harness this performance. The newest API, NVN, was built specifically to bring lightweight, fast gaming to the masses. Oh, it also I, works I with like in, a regular PlayStation controller-looking thing. Yeah, yep. they'll have other uh, accessories for it and stuff. And then you can use each of those little halves of it as a little controller as well for like basic gaming and multi-gaming. Like, see what those guys huh. are using it there. Um, from what I'm hearing, NVIDIA very likely built the operating system almost completely yeah, on its own. but what do you think NVIDIA would build it on top of? Linux. Their own driver infrastructure? <laughs> yeah, like they don't they don't have to have an operating system, no. really. Like they don't what? They don't they just like need to there make has to be well, an operating gotta, system running on the device. Well yeah, but that's Nintendo's side. Yeah, that's, like do you literally just say that they built the software no, I, for the device? No, but, <laughs> I, I think they basically built an API. Everything from the graphics level up. Yeah. Completely yeah. for this. And Welcome to I, Graphics OS. I have heard from a person that is not at NVIDIA that that NVIDIA wanted to be in a console so badly that they were willing to do this. Like, <laughs> oh. at like, it, it, tell you what, Nintendo, if you take our Tegras, yeah, we'll, it we'll takes, do man. all the I just stuff want to for you that. to make it well, work. Well, think about how many times they've not been in something where you'd like surprised that they weren't. Like, well, why aren't they in this thing? And AMD then, yeah. has all the consoles, yeah. the actual consoles themselves. Um, and, you know, NVIDIA had the lines when those consoles were announced. It's like, oh, we didn't really want to bid on that because that's not a profitable business venture. And that's all crap. Yeah. Right, that's not true. You want to be in there now. It'll be curious to see if this is their, if they're going to make money on this, and we'll, you'll know in future quarter, you know, future years, and in, in, in uh, based on what their profits and stuff are in, in those markets, or is this like hoping to spark interest in Tegra devices for for other other platforms? I don't understand this. They're going all the way to multiplayer. Oh no, they're they're going all the way to like main events here on this yeah. stuff. But yeah, but so that was a multiplayer main event thing they yeah, were all like docked yeah. together so march 2017 you know no idea what the graphics performance is going to be do i assume that's better performance than the wii u would you would imagine? have to assume that right it yeah. has to be yeah it has to be at least that good it's like two better. wii u's duct taped together you can't yeah <laughs> you can't release a console even if it's a tablet they could nintendo, I mean, nintendo, 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 nintendo absolutely could but they've already talked about games that are going to be cross pl- you know this, the new Zelda will be available on both. For yeah, they like to promise right. that pre-release. Yeah, it'll be there. I just, I, I'm curious. Like, is this a Pascal-based architecture? Is this a Maxwell-based architecture? Yeah, 2017. Yes. Yeah, I guess, I guess. And then what? What CPU design is it? Is it strictly ARM? It's ARM, baby. Yeah, but is it? Are they using their Denver. custom cores? It's or are they a using tablet. Come on, it's not Denver. You got that's that's the 35 to. The Denver tablet was awful. Have you seen the Nexus 9? (laughs) I mean, they did make tablet tablets. Of course, baby. NVIDIA has made a lot of Taker stuff. To be fair, the Nintendo (laughs) Wii U, uh, according to my uh, research before I wrote the story, was only 0.35 teraflops (laughs) of GPU compute. Well, so. It it is interesting. 320 AMD stream processors. AMD had that. Nintendo contract for a long time. They did. The GameCube was. But what did what would AMD offer in that form factor? Nothing. Right. That's that's what uh, you know. I'm sure it came down to is well, Nvidia probably might have still had a better part, but like AMD doesn't have anything in that. I mean, no one else has anything that would 
do this yeah. right in that form factor. Yeah. Like, Nvidia is the only option there because they have the. All right, let's get to our hardware picks of the week because we're running really late. Uh, we're going to yeah. start with Jeremy because I don't have one yet. Your yeah, system reboots you got... in four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, God, hurry up, uh, Jeremy. What do you got? Uh... Oh no, he's going to reboot. He's okay. So, Tech Report put this thing, uh, this review out to me. It's an analog mechanical keyboard, and I read that and I go. Okay, this is going to be the stupidest thing that I've seen all day. <laughs> uh, I was wrong. This right. thing, uh, it's still a prototype, but it's actually pretty neat. So you've got a mechanical switch, but there's a little IR light on the bottom of the cap and a detector on the, the circuit board. And right. it will detect how much you're pushing down a key. Right. The usage scenario that actually made it for me was they were walking around in day Z. So usually W would be walk forward, uh, uh, or sorry, run run forward. Proportional you hold the shift down, you walk. You hold the control down, you sprint. With this, hmm. you push the W a little bit, and you're walking. You push it a little harder, you're running. You bottom it out, and you're sprinting. I wonder how hard that control is. Yeah. I, it's cherry reds. It depends so, on the pressure that you put on because the human body <laughs> there he is again. 90 pounds. <laughs> there are not but, pistons so behind these keys, Josh. No, there are not. I can't see it working <laughs> very well for flight sims, but for Battlefield, where you know, if you're trying to fly with a joystick, you can use the analog to bank sharply or softly. With a keyboard, you're either <laughs> or driving straight. Right. With this, oh, all of a sudden, the keyboard, you know, you push it okay. down just a little bit, and you're turning. And I'm like, I'm not impressed by mechanical keyboards. Yeah, I like the clicky switches, but that's more right. for typing, not for gaming. I, I don't care about the glowing stuff. This actually might be interesting. How much is it? So keep an eye out for it. Uh, well, it's a prototype at this point. Damn it. I'm expecting to sell for about 100 bucks because you can't really add much to the price at this point for a mechanical oh, keyboard. Oh, absolutely you can, Oh, they sir. totally go over, over oh, 100 yeah. bucks. Well, you, you can go crazy. I don't think I'm hoping this one won't. But if there it's 100, 120 bucks, I might think about it. Because individual IR I am, sensors. My, yeah. For my how many pinky keys? is sick of trying to push the shift key to move forward and run. All right, we got to move on. I got three minutes. Josh, Josh. to me. Uh, I think I may have done this before a long time ago, but the price just keeps going down. It's a shell shocker, 170 bucks, ultra widescreen. It's only 25 inch, but I gave this to the wife. And uh, we game on that, and it's fantastic for the price. So if you're looking for that kind of gaming, that kind of twenty five sixty uh, by ten eighty sixty yeah. hertz, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could put a lot of uh, you could put a lot of windows on there, and uh, you know, side by side documents, stuff like that. It's it's handy. It's not fantastic, but it's pretty dang good, especially considering it's only one hundred seventy bucks. Is nice, indeed. All right, yeah. Alan. Oh, you did. You where's you? Just said I'm going to go last. Oh, okay. Go. He's skipping. Uh, He's delaying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been toying around with this Factorio. Uh, it's been, it's like pre-release kind of. You can buy it for 20 bucks on uh, Humble. Okay. But it's like uh, real-time strategy, sort of like Age of Empires, if you were big into Age of Empires sure. way back when. But uh, it's kind of like a hybrid between like Age of Empires and like SimCity and like a few other things. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Just, just the scale of it, it gets pretty insane, and it gets it. it the whole idea is like it's really oh big my. on. No, oh no, wow. yeah, yeah, it gets worse. It's like really big on like the whole production aspect. So if you want to make a certain thing, you have to realize it goes through that we have to make 
three what things before shit? that other thing to get there. <laughs> so it's kind of like factory stuff on steroids, but as a game. And then there's interesting. And then there's enemies that don't like your pollution that you're making from your factory, so they come after you. You know, it's like these animals that are like agitated. And, by- he- and here I thought this was when you first started that out. I was like, oh, great! Somebody remade Ancient Art of War. No, no, yeah, no. It kind of looked no. like that, didn't it's it? It's totally not like that. This doesn't focus so much yeah. on the combat part of that i mean there is a combat thing to kind of make it you know a little bit more interesting as if it didn't need any more help than that look at all that pollution all that pollution from all those steam engine things is gonna piss off all the natives and then like you know they start trying to come after you and crap like that the zerglings uh (laughs) sure i guess and then, it, and thankfully, you've got a large military industrial complex to yeah. prevent with, with to trains, squash the uprights. With trains that just happened to run over that track right there. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Took them all out. But uh, it, just the depth of the thing is is insane. How so, much is it? Uh, 20 bucks. All right. Humble That's store. funny. My convenience yep. store guys just got Age of Empires 2 installed and, on uh, the machine he runs at work. So he's now split screen the point of sale and Age of Empires 2. He's. Yep. Very happy man right now. And, and if you and if you get it on Humble, they give you the Steam key as well, so you'll have it on Steam also. That's, cool. That's a good idea. So it's a good deal. Click through our Humble partner link in the show notes. Yes, we do have a Humble partner link. So yep. in the show notes, they can get that there. All right. Uh, okay, here's my pick. <laughs> I can't do this. Harry's? Out. Oh, wait, no. Well, yeah, it kind of is Harry's. <laughs> so you need this it's, Harry's razor. It's, it's a furry costume. <laughs> so I, uh, I saw this at a Halloween store. Last week, two weeks ago, when I was out trying to pick out a costume for my daughter, and uh, it was like super expensive out there, and I found the exact same thing on Amazon. And this is what we call the. I really don't want to put any effort into Halloween. <laughs> is it just a jacket? It's just a zip-up hoodie. <laughs> like it's it's got a zipper on it, right? Like. Uh, but I also. Awesome. But to be fair, I also have a uh, Chewbacca um, hat, like knit hat. Yeah, that you can pull it, over your face. I mean, that looks pretty pants. warm. Yeah, it it is. It's you know, it's a decent. I'm not sure how often I would wear it. I mean, I could also <laughs> get Ryan the every day the the Ooh, suit, the right? Onesie. You know, oh, it's a onesie, but it doesn't have footies, so it kind of to me that can, defeats the. Can purpose, you fit right? the Chewbacca outfit over your gorilla suit? <laughs> No, yeah. no. You should do the gorilla thing wearing the Chewbacca jacket. The gorilla <laughs> thing would be way too on point this year. You can't go. As a yeah, no, I, I'm not going. I'm not going as a gorilla this <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, that's true. I've I've been a gorilla the last eight years. You can carry yeah. around a small child. Yeah, I now is your time. <laughs> and have a 21 by nine hanging chance. out of your pants. This, by the way, is the beanie uh, hat I have. Uh, it looks like this when it's closed, and it looks like this when you unroll it, so you can see through it. <laughs> That's creepy. Oh, <laughs> That's really creepy. Uh, I've worn it to Bengals games before. It's very helpful for that. Like when it's really cold and you want to cover your whole face. And look like a psychopath. You look a little bit like a psychopath, but you know. You know or you can get that. Like what is what is more crazy uh, looking? Yeah. yeah. Look Just at that, lean into it. Look at that kid. Yeah. So uh, that's my cop-out pick for this week, everybody. So that's going to be uh, the show for us. PCPer.com slash podcast is where to find all the information about how to subscribe, where to get files, um, uh, all the show notes to all the links, the stories we talked about. If you want other information, you know, follow up any of the reviews or news stories we talked about. Uh, we'll be back next Wednesday with another episode, uh, I guess, unless it rains. Shut up. I don't know. You know, If it's, if it's rainy. Listen. I, Maybe if you were know. here for like 
it more rained. than a day straight. We would have had a podcast. I'm on an every other week cadence here. Uh huh. The local news was was cut in for like three hours straight, covering like who should hide in their basement or in their uh, bomb shelter. You're gonna or you're gonna judge the 24 hour news cycle based on what's important. No, they broke world. into like the regular broadcast for like, like three Jeopard- hours. Like Jeopardy. Like whatever was on. Oh man. Okay, it's broken into Jeopardy. It was I couldn't watch my my. I couldn't watch my. We love whatever your programs. My programs. That's the word <laughs> I was looking for. <laughs> All right, everybody. I uh, will we'll be back next week. I'm Ryan Trout. I'm Jeremy Elster. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Mamantano. Goodbye.